Thank you for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Help us to reach more listeners in 2024 for our study of Titus, Ruth, James, and Habakkuk by making a year-end tax-deductible gift. You can make a secure online donation at thewordendoors.org. You can also contribute by check. Make your check payable to The Word Endures and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. Thanks for your support at the end of the year. Greetings in Christ. I'm Dr. Reed Lessing, Director of the Center for Biblical Studies at Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota. The Center offers annual preaching workshops for Advent and Lent, seminars on a book of the Bible, and studies focused on biblical stewardship. We also showcase the best biblical scholarship in the LCMS by hosting three-day seminars each summer, featuring a guest scholar. Learn more at csp.edu slash Center for Biblical Studies. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. The Lord's slowness to anger, though, by no means ought to be taken as Him being indifferent to sinful rebellion against His commands. Yet that is often how rebellious human beings take it. Well, God announces that His patience with their wickedness has come to its end. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the book of Micah. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. In our previous study, God laid out his reeve, his complaint, his beef, his case against his people. He argued his case with the mountains and hills where the people had forsaken his worship and worship Baal and Asherah. So the hills were witnesses against the people. He asks the people in tender mercy, Oh, my people, what have I done to you? How have I offended you? Remember that the church's liturgy picks this up in the Good Friday service and links together the faithfulness of God toward his people with the horrid treatment humanity gave to God when we finally got our hands on him in the passion and crucifixion. He does us nothing but good, and we return him great evil for that wretched ingrates that we are. God reminded them of the good he has done, bringing them out of slavery in Egypt, defeating their enemies, settling them down in the promised land. But in return, they'd been faithless. Confronted with that faithlessness, the prophet asks with what we should return to the Lord. How do we make our approach to him? He rejects the mere bringing of animal sacrifice and even the offering of one's nearest and dearest. Instead, The return to God is by way of repentant faith, doing justice, loving kindness, walking humbly with our God. By that humble walk with him, we rejoice in his loving kindness toward us, and our lives begin to reflect something of his justice and integrity. A reading from Micah, the sixth chapter, beginning at the ninth verse. 
the voice of the Lord cries to the city, and it is a sound of wisdom to fear your name. Hear of the rod and of him who appointed it. Can I forget any longer the treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked and the scant measure that is accursed? Shall I acquit the man with wicked scales and with a bag of deceitful weights? Your rich men are full of violence. Your inhabitants speak lies, and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. Therefore, I strike you with a grievous blow, making you desolate because of your sins. You shall eat but not be satisfied, and there shall be hunger within you. You shall put away but not preserve, and what you preserve I will give to the sword. You shall sow but not reap, You shall tread olives, but not anoint yourselves with oil. You shall tread grapes, but not drink wine. For you have kept the statutes of Omri and all the works of the house of Ahab. And you have walked in their counsels, that I may make you a desolation and your inhabitants a hissing. So you shall bear the scorn of my people. Micah 6, verses 9 through 16. Let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, without your help, our labor is useless, and without your light, our search is in vain. Invigorate our study of your Holy Word, that by due diligence and right discernment, we may establish ourselves and others in your holy faith. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Ready to ponder today's passage? Let's dig into it. The voice of the Lord cries to the city, and it is wisdom to fear your name. Hear of the rod, and of him who appointed it. Martin Luther, in his 16th century commentary on this passage, notes at this point, this is clearly a new section, a new topic, or sermon. So, it doesn't connect directly to what had gone before, It's a word that the Lord's voice through the prophet addresses to the city, likely intending Jerusalem as embodying the entirety of Judah. The voice of Yahweh is still heard, and the prophet warns from the get-go that the path of sound wisdom would actually be fearing God's name, that is, heeding his word and acknowledging that he's speaking nothing but the truth. The exact phrase used here which is rendered sound wisdom, also occurs in Proverbs 8, verse 14. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. The path of wisdom, which is marked by the fear of God, always begins with hearing God's word, also his words of judgment, as this shall be. Hear of the rod and of him who appointed it. The rod here most likely means the instrument of God's punishment, probably intending either the Assyrians or the Babylonians, or possibly both, since both will invade Judah. But God doesn't want his people to lose sight of the fact that these earthly enemies and whatever successes they are allowed against the southern kingdom are but instruments of punishment in his hands. Yahweh is the one wielding the rod. And when those heathen kingdoms themselves fail to acknowledge this, God's judgment will fall on them as shortly as it would fall on Judah, as we read in Zechariah 1, verse 15. 
and I am exceedingly angry with the nations that are at ease, for while I was angry but a little, they furthered the disaster. Verse 10. Can I forget any longer the treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked and the scant measure that is accursed? The Lord described himself in these words from Exodus 34. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. The Lord's slowness to anger, though, by no means ought to be taken as him being indifferent to sinful rebellion against his commands. Yet that is often how rebellious human beings take it. Well, God announces that his patience with their wickedness has come to its end. He can no longer forget the way the wicked have gathered together riches, treasures, that simply don't belong to them. The phrase, the scant measure, suggests that their wealth was obtained by cheating, as in, they sold a sack of grain for $10 per pound, and yet they knew perfectly well that their so-called 10-pound bags held but 9 pounds. Thus, verse 11, Shall I acquit the man with wicked scales and with a bag of deceitful weights? The scales are wicked because the weight that is used as a counterbalance is deliberately falsified. When the merchants weighed out the goods, they ended up delivering less than the buyer thought he or she was obtaining because the merchant cheated in the measurement. God had spoken about this through Proverbs long before. Proverbs 20, verse 23. Unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord, and false scales are not good. Yet even knowing this, the greedy desire for gain led the merchants to rebel against God and sin against their neighbor by taking advantage in the marketplace. Verse 12. Your rich men are full of violence. Your inhabitants speak lies and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. It is not just that Judah's rebellion against Yahweh shows up in the market and in the breaking of commandment against stealing. They also break what Lutherans and Roman Catholics call the fifth commandment, you shall not murder, and the eighth, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. God charges the rich with violence, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem without regard to wealth, as all of them, embracing falsehood and deceits. The words of the psalmist come to mind. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips, the tongue that makes great boasts. Those who say, With our tongue we will prevail. Our lips are with us. Who is master over us? Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will place him in the safety for which he longs. God does this by bringing judgment, crashing down on those who do not own the Lord as their master and the one to whom they must give an account for the words of their lips. Verse 13, Therefore I strike you with a grievous blow, making you desolate because of your sins. The grievous blow is what the rod inflicts upon the city, but the one who is wielding the rod is the Lord himself, 
He strikes with the grievous blow, and he makes the city desolate or empty because of her sins. Think of the condition of Jerusalem after the Babylonians have finished with it. Verse 14, you shall eat but not be satisfied, and there shall be hunger within you. You shall put away but not preserve, and what you preserve I will give to the sword. Verse 15, you shall sow but not reap. You shall tread olives but not anoint yourselves with oil. You shall tread grapes but not drink wine. All this is just another way of saying that what God threatened in Deuteronomy 28 will surely come to pass. This is a theme that his fellow prophets had sounded before him. Hosea 8 verse 7, For they sow the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. The standing grain has no heads, it shall yield no flower. If it were to yield, strangers would devour it. Or Amos 5 verse 11, Therefore, because you trample on the poor and you exact taxes of grain from him, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink their wine. The good times that they thought to secure for themselves by their robbery, violence, and lies are simply going to lift their wings and fly away, leaving them desolate, just as Moses had warned. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the field. Cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your ground, the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Verse 16. For you have kept the statutes of Omri and all the works of the house of Ahab, and you have walked in their counsels, that I may make you a desolation and your inhabitants a hissing, so you shall bear the scorn of my people. Rather than that humble walk with God, which Micah summoned them to, they stubbornly embraced the idolatrous ways of the most notorious royal house of the northern kingdom. That would be the way of discarding God's commandments and simply living for self-aggrandizement without any thought of accountability to the judge of Israel, just as if he weren't even there. That's where we're going to call our hiatus for today. Next up, we move into the first seven verses of the final chapter of Micah. He speaks a woe, for the godly have perished from the earth, and he sees how no man is upright among humankind. He describes in vivid terms the war of each against all others, and this results in divisions running right through families, a passage Jesus will quote in his ministry. But despite all of this, Micah in trust looks to the Lord for salvation, and he eagerly waits for it. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can make a year-end tax-deductible donation by check. Make your check payable to The Word Endures and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. 
The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio.